Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the latest episode of The Geek Wave. This is the show, the low-budget show, the show that has no budget because it's low-budget, where we talk about the news and we do a big topic and I give you some recommendations of what to do or what to watch or what to eat. I don't actually tell you what to eat. But if you'd like some food recommendations, we could do a whole episode of Geek Wave dedicated to my favorite foods. I think that could be really fun, so stay tuned for that, possibly, if y'all are interested. Today's episode, we are focusing on one of my favorite guys out there in terms of just creators. I think he's a visionary, he's a talent, he's a class act. Not everyone likes him. I understand why, but it's Seth MacFarlane, and we are talking about the career of Seth MacFarlane. But before we get into that, we are going to be talking about some news pieces and a couple of housewarming things before we do that. I'm be going away for a couple of days here, so I hope this comes out before I leave. If it does not come out on Tuesday, then I didn't edit it before I left for my break there, so you'll get this sometime in the next week. Uh, it's really hot here. It's, this is like the first day in a couple months that I've actually worn pants, like jeans or khakis or something, and holy cow, are my legs sweaty. I'm a big guy. I got hair all over me, so I sweat easily, but... It's pretty hot here, so if you see some little sweat dripping down, I'm sorry, I apologize, that's just what we're going to have to work with. And I was going to record this video last week, but I got busy and sidetracked and a lot of stuff came up, so I didn't get to it until now. So a couple of these news pieces are a little old, some of them are a little newer, and we'll just have to go from that, but I'm feeling it's going to be a quick, easy breezy lemon squeezy episode this week. And today, because the, not a lot of interesting stuff in the news, there's a couple of pieces I didn't talk about I might do a whole video on. We'll see what happens there, but let's go to that, then we'll jump in to the Seth MacFarlane stuff. So the first piece of news I wanted to talk about was HBO Max is getting Doom Patrol Season 2. I think it said sometime release, I think it was June 23rd or June 26th was the actual release date. But I like this news a lot. It makes me think again that the DC Universe app is dying. It's a dead horse. It's going to be beaten down. And there's no point in using it or getting it. I love Stargirl so much. I've done a full-on pilot review of Stargirl at the time of this recording. It is such a good show. It saddens me that it's on something like the DC Universe app and on the CW. Because I think it should be amplified to something greater. But seeing Doom Patrol Season 2 come out, that's going to be really good. I'm so excited to see where that show goes and what becomes of that. And I think moving it to HBO Max made, gave it room to breathe and do something new and interesting because that's what this show is known for. So I'm excited to see where that goes and what comes of that. I think that could be really entertaining. I cannot wait to see what that's going to be. I love Doom Patrol. If I was doing videos when Doom Patrol was coming out weekly, I probably would have talked about Doom Patrol every day because Doom Patrol is so good. It's brilliant. I don't know what I like more, Doom Patrol or Stargirl. I think they're both really good. At the time of this, I'm saying this, I might say Stargirl a little more just because I'm a JSA guy, but I don't know. It's close. I love Doom Patrol so much. So seeing it get a nicer release on an HBO Max, it really excites me. So I had to put it on there because it's really cool. And the second piece of news that I like is Superman and Lois moves to January 2021 for its release. This is exciting. I mean, this is like the only show that the CW is doing that I'm kind of interested in. They're doing like a Texas Ranger, Walker Texas Ranger with Jared Padalecki, which is kind of weird. I think like, I don't know. That seems dumb. And they're doing the reboot of Kung Fu. That could be kind of cool. But for superhero properties, 
I like Tyler Hodgson as Superman. I think he could pull it off here. And I like that Lois is going to be a central character because Lois is the best character in the DC universe just in terms of when somebody does Lois right, she is easily the best written character in the DC universe. So that is very exciting and I cannot wait to see what's going to come of this show. I don't know if I'm going to do a full-on review for each episode, but I could. I like the idea of the two kids. That sounds really cool. Lana Lang's going to have a kid. Everyone's going to be connected. It's going to be really fun. It's kind of exciting. In January 2021, it's a great time to release this. Fresh off the new year, the shitty year that was 2020. What's Let's start the new year off with something that's fun and entertaining with the best superhero and the best written character in all of DC Comics. It could be really fun. So I'm really excited to see what's going to become of that, and I cannot wait to see where that goes. And another piece of news. This one kind of came out. I knew it was happening. It is the audio cast or like the audio story version of Sandman that is going to be coming out. Uh, I have not read all of Sandman. It's on my list. I've read the first couple issues. I think it's... I hope it gets better because I know this is one of the most prolific pieces of work ever made, and it just hasn't grabbed me the way I wanted it to yet. It hasn't spoken to me in a way that I've been very excited about, which kind of sucks, but I'm really excited for this audio cast. I think there's a lot of stands out, standout here. Uh, James McAvoy is Morbius. I think that's really cool. It's really good casting. I know Joseph Gordon-Levitt was attached to work on it for a long time in terms of a movie, but James McAvoy, that's a good get too. A lot of other people here too. I'll tell you this couple of stand out to me. B.B. Newirth, I can't remember who she's playing, but I mean, I am an unabashed fan of Cheers. I'm an unabashed fan of Frasier. So look, when you get Lilith in there, I'm excited for whatever you're doing. And Taron Edgerton as John Constantine. That leads me to think he could be appearing in a live action movie at some point as a character or at least on the HBO Max Justice League Dark Property, whatever that is going to turn out to be. That's an interesting choice we'll have to see how he does with the voice i think that's going to be the hardest part to get because matt ryan is so ingrained in my skull that getting him i think could have been a lot better but we'll see what happens there and of course neil gaiman is the narrator it is what it is he's okay great episode of the simpsons involves neil gaiman so check out that i mean it's an audio like it's a podcast kind of form it's a drama cast it's like the old school radio stuff so you're either gonna be into it or you're not for me i'm kind of on the fence i like the idea of what it represents but we'll have to wait and see if it's gonna be something that grabs me or interests me to a greater extent than it has so that could be really fun too i'm excited to see what comes of that and another piece of news here this one kind of came and went it's kind of exciting though so i thought i'd bring it up Gendy Tartakovsky, who is a guy that you either love his work or you don't understand it. He was going to be doing a Popeye movie a while ago. Kind of didn't happen. Now it's back on the table as something that's a possibility with a new studio and production company behind it. Thank you. Thank you so much. I've been saying for a long time, right up there with the Hanna-Barbera stuff and the Muppets, do more stuff with Popeye. The guy is really cool. An animated project in the Tartakovsky style. 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 Wow, I'm stuttering my words here. It's hot. It's hot. It's brilliant. I absolutely think it's a great idea, and I'm excited to see what comes of that. I think this could have easily worked in 2011 when I think it was originally pitched, and it could work just as good now. So this is a property that I'm very excited to see what's going to happen with it. I think Tartakovsky is a great artist. He's a great visionary. He can tell a great story with that stuff. And let's get more Popeye. 
a whole generation needs to experience the wacky insanity that is that angry sailor because there's just something about him that is just so timeless but it also is of an era you know what i mean it's like when you see marilyn monroe there's like a timeless quality to her allure and her sexuality and her presence but it's so 50s that it hurts sometimes and that's what i think popeye is i never thought in a video talking about seth MacFarlane i would bring up popeye and marilyn monroe in a comparison but here's that's just how life goes sometimes so that's where we are that's what we're talking about this is really cool I'm really excited to see what this property is going to do. And this could be a really fun movie. I hope it goes through this time because it could be really exciting. And stay tuned because we are going to be bringing up another property that was supposed to go somewhere that never did when we talk about Seth MacFarlane. A couple more pieces here. Percy Jackson TV series in the works at Disney+. Plus. I don't give two shits about this. I do not like Percy Jackson. I thought those movies were boring. And it seems a little too little too late. I know there's a whole generation that grew up thinking Percy Jackson was the shit and was the coolest thing ever. It's not. It's just your classic high school kid who's special for no reason, and everyone's going to be like, yay, you're the son of Poseidon, go do the good stuff. Who cares? It's a little too late for this. All respect to Rick Radari, or Rick Rodan. Rick Rodan Rick, Rick is what I'm going to call him from now on, but... I it just, just doesn't interest me. I couldn't care what happens here or there. So whatever. Whatever with that. It's just Percy Jackson. I get kids want to see this, but I don't. So I don't got much else to say on it. Last piece of news we are going to be talking about is another one that I am not very excited for. And that is the Star Trek news that Anson Mount will be leading a new Star Trek series called Strange New Worlds with him, the guy that plays Spock, Ethan Peck, I think his name is, and number one. This is so obvious that it was going to be happening that I almost don't care that it's happening. I mean, this there's nothing that interesting or engrossing about what this could be, so I just... I don't know. It's Is it going to lead right up to where like the original series would have started and where Pike kind of just stops being and then Kirk comes in? And I don't think this is exciting. I don't think there's anything new or interesting here that I really need to see or I'm desperate to get on the screen to enjoy or be a part of. But then again, this isn't being made for me. I didn't like Discovery and I did not like Picard. I... Oh, Picard was just a train wreck from the beginning to the end. I do not like anything about it. It was just, it's trying to be Logan meets, I don't know, something gooder than Logan. What's gooder than Logan though? Nothing. It didn't work. It didn't work. That sucks. But hey, that's just how life goes. Sometimes we learn to live with it. So that is, that's it. I mean, it's not going to work for me. It's not going to work for you. We'll see what happens with Strange New Worlds. That's all the news I have for you guys today. Let's jump into our main topic, which is Seth MacFarlane. So this was an idea I had for a while now because I like talking about Seth MacFarlane. I think he is one of the most interesting and creative guys out there just in terms of a modern creator. I I'd, I kind of want to do more of these kind of videos on GeekWave where I talk about like a specific person and we go through their history, their career, what I like, what I didn't like, what I'd like to see next from them. So if this turns out to be good and you guys like it or I like doing it, we will come back, maybe do another creator. I know Tarantino is one I'd love to talk about. I know maybe George Lucas would be one I'd like to talk about, but we'll see what happens there. But we're talking about Seth MacFarlane right now. 
So I first came to know who Seth MacFarlane was, I think, through Family Guy, which we'll get to Family Guy in a bit here. But I just remember thinking there is something about this that seems very familiar, but it's so unique in its betrayal that I like what I'm seeing and like I like what I'm being shown. I think this is very interesting. And the guy's had a long history. He was kind of started. He started off in animation, working for Hanna Barbera cartoons. Which, come on, you already there. You, you got a place in my heart if you worked on Hanna Barbera for anything. He he went there for a little bit, then he moved over to Cartoon Network, where he worked on shows like Dexter's Laboratory, Cow and Chicken, I Am Weasel, and Johnny Bravo. Which I I mean, we could talk briefly about some of those shows. So I'm not familiar with I Am Weasel. I can't say that's one. I know a lot about, I think I've heard of it a couple times, but I'm not, and I don't know the extent that Seth MacFarlane worked on these shows. I think he just kind of like was an animator, gave some input here and input there, and it shows sometimes. I think the one of this list that makes a lot of sense for him, in my opinion, well, actually there's two, Cow and Chicken, you could go either way on for the Stewie and Brian comparison of just like the road trip stuff, either way there. But what makes sense to me is the Dexter's Laboratory stuff, because he likes his science fiction. He is a guy, and I, th- I I like these kind of creators where you can see where the inspiration comes from with them and how they took what they liked and brought it into what they made and made something different with it. You can see a lot of like the old school science fiction in some of the styles of his cartoons. So the Dexter's Laboratory stuff, obviously it's got like that old, you know, kid genius, mad scientist feel to it, which is a, come on, Mary Shelley stuff back in the day or even going later than that, you know, Dr. Moreau, that kind of stuff. Was that before Mary Shelley? I don't even remember anymore. We'll see. But it makes sense to me. Like, I think Dexter's Laboratory is a good show and whatever, you know, Seth did on that show, I can understand how that's something he would have worked on. And the same with Johnny Bravo, because Johnny Bravo is just, it's just a vain character that makes a lot of sense. It'd be something he worked on. So I like it a lot. And I'm not as familiar with that old school Cartoon Network shows. Those came out right in the era I was a baby, right? Those are like, I'm, li- I'm a little later into that kind of stuff with a lot of the new shows. When I was like really into cartoons, like it was the 2003 Ninja Turtles was like the big one for me. I think there was a Scooby-Doo show I watched. And then later on, I started to think about it more, you know, the stuff like Adventure Time, regular show. That's my era of Cartoon Network. And that's the era where Seth had nothing to do with it. Because come 1999, a certain show debuted that was a little bit of The Simpsons, a little bit of your situational comedy, and a little bit of Americana all rolled into one. And that was Family Guy. And this is when Seth ventured out onto his own and was just kind of given like this idea, do what you want. And I think the early seasons of Family Guy can show a lot of the genius that would become Seth MacFarlane as he went on in his career. First off, I like the stories in the earlier seasons a little bit more. I mean, that can be said about any show, really, where if something's on for a long time, you're going to lose a little interest, you're going to lose some repetition, and it's not going to hold up as well as those earlier seasons. But I think what those earlier seasons of Family Guy did was they gave us some great references, they gave us some great plots, and it really showed what it was Seth MacFarlane liked. He liked making fun of the mundane, kind of in a Larry David way, but it was more than just like, 
why do we do these things as Larry David does? It's more like, I'm going to do this and show you why it's silly. That was more of the Seth MacFarlane approach. I can't think of a specific episode I really liked from the earlier seasons. I, I like when Norm MacDonald was a death. I think that's really cool because I'm a big Norm MacDonald fan. He's another guy I might want to talk about on here. But I think there's a lot of good in those earlier seasons. I really started getting into Family Guy, I think, around season eight or nine. I think um, the first episode I remember, like, watching when I started to binge Family Guy that stuck with me was Road to the Multiverse, which that's another thing Seth has become like a huge part of too, is those classic Road to play stories where it's like an old, it, it feels very, not vaudevillian, but it's just like that old school feel of cinema where you got two characters, they're doing what they want, they're fun, they're quirky, they're going to different places. And he's done a lot of those. But the multiverse one also added in that level of just like making fun of himself and going to all these different places and making fun of animation itself, which is really cool to see. I mean, you have to you have to give the guy credit too for doing certain voices on the show. I think it could get really boring for him, but I think you take the genius of Stewie, the ideas of Brian, and you put that in this the kind of just quirkiness of Peter. They're all different interpretations of Seth as a person, which I really like. I think if you had to pin it down, he is probably the most like Brian. That would make sense to me. But I mean, that's neither here nor there. I think it's really good. So the earlier seasons of Family Guy, they are classic. They are vintage. They are of their own era and their own life. And I think they are really important for a part of Seth MacFarlane going forward because he cared back then. Which is really sad to say, when you when you talk about the show that made your career and put you on the map, pretty much, it's hard to say there comes a point when you just stop caring, but you can really feel that in Family Guy in the later seasons. I think after, like, I don't want to get specific, but what's that big episode where everyone goes to the mansion that James Wood owns and it's like the murder mystery? I think that's around the era that Seth stopped really caring about the show and it just sort of became a paycheck to him where he did the voices, he gave them, yeah, you can do this, yep, you can't do that kind of just producing credit. And that sucks to say, I there's sometimes a hidden gem in the newer episodes of Family Guy, but they are far and far and far and far from being great, which sucks, but... It is an important part of Americana. It is up there with The Simpsons. I think Stewie is as recognizable as Homer. Brian is one of the top cartoon dogs of all time. The Griffins themselves are an important family, and their side characters are engaging and interesting. I did a video talking about the most memeable characters, and I put Joe Swanson on that list for crying out loud. So there is something about Family Guy that will stay through the time, just like The Simpsons. And I think we have to give credit to where credit is due there. So I want to talk about this briefly too, because we're going to definitely come back to this when we talk about all the shows in general. Seth MacFarlane loves show tunes. He loves a classic musical, a romping number with big sets and big lights and everyone's having a good time and you're singing about how you're feeling and he loves show tunes so much. He's released a couple albums. So look up those albums because they're pretty interesting. I've listened to some of his stuff. I mean, he's obviously classically trained, but he's got that such a great voice that feels like a Rat Pack kind of feel. He's obviously done some Sinatra stuff. He's obviously, you know, been a part of those stuff. So I just wanted to bring that up before we get in here because I'm going to be bringing up the show tune thing a little more here and there. So just remember that when you're thinking about Seth. 
So kind of during the um, the Family Guy stuff, he works on a spinoff. Well, it's not really a spinoff. Well, okay, we'll talk about the spinoff first, and then we'll go to the the second one. The spinoff is the Cleveland Show. It's obviously one he made because they said you have more money, go do what you want. I don't think he. Was, this feels like one he wasn't a big part of. But it's his characters, so I get why he's kind of part of it. I never watched all the Cleveland show. It was just another one of those ones that came out because it's just so clearly trying to be a spinoff. And it just never interests me. I had another show in this ethnic farming repertoire that worked for me a little better than even Family Guy at some point. So Cleveland show, I, I just wanted to bring it up because it's kind of an important part of some of the characters in Family Guy, Cleveland being one of them. I mean, he the character has been made fun of and berated back on Family Guy because of his spinoff. So I think if I just ignored it, I'd be remiss. So I wanted to bring up the Cleveland show for a bit there. And we'll just talk about that there. But we'll talk about the other animated property that he is a part of, and that is American Dad. This show has had some struggles before. It is obviously not as good as Family Guy at times, and it's not as well-liked as Family Guy, which I can understand. I hardly think it's the best of Seth MacFarlane. Like, I, I don't call this the greatest show on Earth. I call it the easy, bingeable show that you can put on when you have nothing else to watch because you can get a good laugh. I think the characters of Stan and Roger are really good. Francine's really funny. I would even put Francine above Lois in some instances just because I think that character works a lot more for what she is given. And I'd even say, you know, somebody like Steve is relatable in a way that Chris isn't because as a nerdy guy, I think Steve and his friends are just a little more relatable and some other people. And I'm just checking here... Got a phone text, or the text is there. But no, I think American Dad, in the later seasons, which is weird to say, holds up better than later seasons of Family Guy. And a lot of that, I do believe, has to do with the creative team behind it. Obviously, Seth is kind of just giving people free reign on that show to do what they want, and he just voices Stan and Roger, which works for me. I think it's cool. But it's another one of those shows, too, like Family Guy, where you put it on, you're going to get at least one chuckle an episode, even if it's not the best chuckle. And I think the toned-down nature of the American Dad stuff compared to Family Guy makes it a little more interesting. It can get a little more ballsy, but it's ballsy in a easier, breezier way, and it's a less palatable way than something like Family Guy. So I do appreciate the work that goes in to American Dad, and I think it's very important, so I always just keep that on in my thoughts. It's not one I go back to a lot and I watch a lot. So it's it's okay. Like you guys know what it is. It's okay. And those are kind of like the main animated properties he's worked on. And like I said, he loves his show tunes. And what's another thing Seth MacFarlane loves, because we're going to come back to this a lot, is references to older properties. And okay, I have no problem with a reference to an older property. I think there's good ways to do it and there's bad ways to do it. And I think we can look at the couple movies he's made to see the good ways and the bad ways that those have come about. So the first movie, I'm, I'm not putting these in order. The first one we'll look at is Ted, which as a premise itself, I don't think it's that entertaining. I I watched it and I'm like, yeah, it's Seth MacFarlane. He's doing a thing, a magical bear comes to life and it starts being a dick and Mark Wahlberg's in it. I get it. It's funny enough, but it does something he he loves. There's references galore. Flash Gordon makes an appearances. I mean, come on, come on. Flash Gordon? 
you made that guy popular again. You made Flash Gordon matter again, even if it was for like one minute. It was his name Sam Jones the third? Don't quote me on that. I'm not looking it up at the time we're recording this. But come on, how did you make him relevant again, even just for one minute? That's amazing. So Ted, I really think, showed what he wanted to do with movies. And that's make it's going down like the Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg route of these raunchy comedies. And for the most part, I don't think it worked. Ted is not a bad movie. It's a simple, palatable thing that you can just put on and it's there. And then when it comes to Ted 2, which is an obvious just blatant we need to make money the first one was kind of good we're gonna do another one of these it was just okay it's another one of those things i can't remember seeing it outside of the theater and that one more so than i think the first one was a little bit more like references there's like a whole joke sequence where who's samuel l jackson oh he's the black guy in every movie ever oh here's michael dorn as Worf. here's patrick warburton as the tick here's a scene with the ninja turtles you know it's this that kind of stuff that i think it shows what kind of comedy he does and here's my cat making his grand appearance we are gonna see what he's up to come on buddy what are you doing let's put you down sit down or do whatever you want we'll see what you do okay so yeah, t- the Ted movies, they are for somebody who likes the raunchier, hardcore stuff that Seth is known for. And I think during this era, because I think the first Ted movie came out in 2010, 2012 area. I think that era, Seth MacFarlane was big into this idea of the raunchiness and the kind of darker here's some boobs here's some bongs everybody's getting drunk and having fun and partying and then underneath that is the simple tone of the guy trying to make amends with his girlfriend but it's later on in the career that i really think this guy becomes a powerhouse and it's weird to say because at the beginning of his career working on you know cartoon network and then doing family guy he is at the peak of his game he is doing some of his best stuff his most interesting stuff his best stuff comically his best stuff in terms of just the animation then he kind of moves on and on he does the ted movies they're kind of they're okay then he does million ways to die in the west which is not a movie i am a fan of i think i've seen it once and then I haven't seen it since. It's just one of those movies that I get the humor and I get what it's going for. It's trying to be a parody, but it, it, we're going to come up with this again when we talk about one another TV show. Your parody stops becoming a parody when you start calling out everything. You're not Monty Python. You're not doing a parody in that funny of a way. You are just simply kind of making fun of a situation, and it's not that interesting. There's some really, really bad references in A Million Ways to Die in the West with Christopher Lloyd and Jamie Foxx from their respective properties. It's not that fun. I can't I can't remember like having a serious good time watching it or like laughing my ass off. I just remember that A Million Ways to Die in the West was okay. And it's just and it makes sense that that's what he'd want to do, because like I said, he loves his show tunes and his references. So making an entire movie about a reference to the Old West, I completely get that for his character and for him as a person. And I will say this, he wasn't the problem with that movie. His acting, it's not great because he's a voice actor. He's trained to do that. And he's a comic and he's and he's a singer. But it's hardly the worst thing I've seen him do. So I am fine with it, and I don't know, I just, I have no problem with what he does or how he says things, so it's it's okay. 
I really do think it's just okay. So let's talk about this, which was really exciting to me when it was first announced. We are talking about the Orville, which, oh my goodness, does this feel like everything Seth MacFarlane has wanted to do with his career for a long time? I mean, this is straight up, this is straight up him doing a Star Trek show. And you could tell from all of his references and all of his properties, the guy loves science fiction and Star Trek must have had a profound experience on him. He's become friends with guys like Patrick Stewart and Michael Dorn. You could tell he loves this property. So he's doing a live action version of his comedy on Fox about a spaceship. I like the idea. Like, like I said when it came out originally, I thought it was going to be a parody of of the Star Trek stuff. So it's not going to be Seth MacFarlane doing his stuff in space, which is what we got. And I I know that's a weird way to describe it, but imagine if we got like a straight on, here's like a down on his luck guy who has to work with his ex-wife and it becomes a parody of the space station show and everything's like a joke and unserious. But then what we get is this down on his luck guy who has to work with his ex-wife and they work through their issues together while working on this spaceship. And every time there's a little joke, there's a guest actor that comes in that you know from his friends like Liam Neeson or Patrick Warburton or Charlize Theron, and they all come into this show. And you can just see, you can just see more than I think any other show except maybe the earlier seasons of Family Guy. I'm talking seasons one to four of Family Guy. You can see in this show, The Orville, how much Seth MacFarlane cares about what he does again. This is the show that I think reignited his passion for content and making stuff. I think it is beautiful. It's amazing what came out of that. I absolutely love it so much. I think uh, I'm I'm a little behind on it. I'll tell you guys that right now. I think I'm halfway through the second season, and I think the next season was moved to Hulu, if I'm not mistaken. I can't remember, but you just see what he did. This is straight up. It's straight up Star Trek. He is the captain of the ship, Ed Mercer. He has his ex-wife as his number one, and you have the crew on ship. There's an android. There's a alien species. There's a you know, Steve Smith plays a role, Scott Grimes. That's really cool to see. And even in a show like this that he designed it to be Seth MacFarlane does his thing in space, he cares so much about this that you could just tell, you could just tell he did not tell the executives or anybody at Fox that he was going to take this seriously. Because there are so few jokes at points in this show that it just becomes a serious nature and it just becomes a thing that you could tell he wanted to do for a long time. There was so much passion behind doing this show of the Orville. Because even if there's a even if the situation itself is a joke, I remember one episode where Bordis kind of becomes addicted to using the hollow deck to have to like have porn fantasies. There's a serious nature to that too, and it's not just a joke. He is losing his husband. He was fearing for his child. It starts to affect his work. He can't perform well at his job. And all of that comes from just the one joke. It's just the one joke of the entire series. Well, not the entire series, just of the episode that he's addicted to the holodeck porn. That is the only joke in that episode. And then all around it is this great big story and this great serious story. And I love seeing this from Seth MacFarlane because this is what he wants to do. This is what I think he can do when he is given the opportunity to do something. 
right? He, it's not about the jokes or the references anymore. It's about honor and legacy and doing something that will inspire the next generation to, pun intended, I guess, the next generation of creators to work on something like Star Trek inspired him to make the Orville. And this show has become a phenomenon. There's comic books coming out about it. I think there was a board game, if I'm not mistaken. There is something about this that worked. I don't know what it is. How is a guy who was an actor once in a movie that he made that wasn't very good and he wasn't the best actor in it make a show that has just like become this transcendent thing in a piece of media that is both a reference to things that came before it and a and something that honors the things that came before. I think it's just amazing and beautiful in that regard. And I love everything about what that is and what it represents. I think the Orville is the best piece of work he's done, which is bold to say because Family Guy has some great episodes, especially the stuff when it's just Brian and Stewie. And he's definitely has his hand in there, like when they're doing like the show tune episodes or they're doing the road to Quahog, the road to India, the road to episodes where he is so clearly involved in that. I think those work good too. But you just see the passion of his behind something like the Orville where he's like, I don't want to turn this into a joke. I want to get my brand of humor and my brand of ideas into making something that is what inspired me to become a creator in the first place. And I think that's great. And it's so fun to see. And it makes me excited. Like it just straight up makes me excited to see him rejuvenated and a part of something that he loves like this. So the Orville is definitely something I think people should check out. And we'll put that back in our recommendations. But before that, we're going to take a quick break here. I'm going to grab something to drink. And we are going to come back and talk about what's next for the career of Seth MacFarlane. Oh boy, aren't we refreshed. So here's where we're going to end this episode. And the last thing we're kind of going to talk about. Seth MacFarlane has signed a deal to get... He's got a lot of freaking money coming in from NBC. We're talking like $200 million? to work on exclusive projects at NBC and on our streaming service, Peacock. So I thought I would take a couple minutes here, the last couple minutes of our show, and we're going to talk about what do I want to see from um, his deal? Because, I mean, I don't imagine the Orville is going to last after its third or fourth season just seems like he's going to want to take this deal at NBC and do something new. I don't imagine, I know I've said this before, but I don't imagine Family Guy's lasting. It's. I think it's got a couple more seasons left and he's done. I really do think that, so we'll have to see what happens there. So what is he going to do at NBC and on Peacock? Well, I have a couple ideas here. The first one I have is a, com- is a few things here. Um, another science fiction show from stuff that he obviously likes or some science fiction parodies that he might want to do. I can see something along the lines of an X-Files kind of show where it's these two leads who hunt aliens. I think that could be really fun. It also seems like something he'd maybe want to do in animation, an X-Files kind of thing where, you know, because he likes aliens too. He's done some cool alien stuff. So I could definitely see him doing something with the X-Files style in that regard. And same with Quantum Leap. That is kind of the time travel stuff that Stewie and Brian get into. They're going from place to place. I could definitely see him doing something with Quantum Leap. And that is exactly what I'm expecting from him. So we'll have to see what happens there. And I'm amazed this hasn't happened yet. A reboot of Flash Gordon. I could see him doing an animated Flash Gordon show. I don't know who owns the rights to Flash Gordon. But I could see there's a couple of like those old school. And I don't mean like old school in like a bad way. 
but like those um what's the best way to put it those kind of like vintage kind of story characters like a Flash Gordon, a Buck Rogers, a Doc Savage, a Sheena the Jungle Queen or Jungle Girl that seem ripe for somebody like Seth MacFarlane to get a hold of and do something with a property with. Could you imagine seeing a Doc Savage done by Seth MacFarlane? I think that'd be really cool. Or even a Flash Gordon. I think there's some great stuff in there that I'd love to see. And I could almost guarantee it might happen at some point. I think it's really exciting. I cannot wait to see what this guy does. I'm excited for whatever he does next. Because what if we get a spinoff of the Orville? The show ends in a couple seasons. What if we get a spinoff with one of the characters? Maybe it's Ted Mercer. He's on a new ship, but he's no longer the captain. Maybe he goes into like the private eye and becomes kind of like a Picard situation. That could be cool to see too. And another one idea I had, what if he decides he's going to remake a classic musical, a la Singing in the Rain? I don't think he'll make Singing in the Rain, but what if he just takes, he he becomes an actor, he gets a couple of his friends who are comfortable singing and like to sing and do the dance, and he just, he just goes straight up and remakes a musical like American in Paris or any of those classic ones. He's, I know it's weird to say, I think... <laughs> Seth MacFarlane really gives off like a Gene Kelly kind of mixed with an Edward Norton vibe. That is the weirdest thing I thought I'd say, but I, that's just the kind of vibe he gets off. He's kind of weird and creepy, but he's got a great idea and a great presence that I think a lot of people take for granted. So I definitely think, even if it's not a straight up like reboot of a musical, he's doing something that has to do with show tunes or music, whether it's maybe a biography of somebody uh, who does music or anything like that, I could definitely see that coming down from his repertoire and doing something with that. Because, come on, it makes sense for this guy. He loves doing musicals. I could definitely see him doing a musical. And that's uh, that's the other thing I have on my list here. The guy loves musicals. He loves show tunes. So just straight up make one. Seth, you have convinced everyone you are as good as Sinatra almost. Like you've sang as the mouse and sing. You've done shows where you've sung Sinatra and you've done that old school blues music. You've proven yourself to be a voice. Whether you are behind the camera or in front of it, you clearly love talking about show tunes. You love that so much. So make one. I am behind you. The community is behind you. You, you can be the guy that brings back the musical. You probably could. And not like a La La Land musical. I'm talking a straight up sweeping epic musical where there's stupid backgrounds and sets and everybody's dancing in weird places. And we're just like, we go in and out of focus for each dancer and we just take like 10 minutes to just like see people singing in a weird dress or something. You could bring that back. And you should. Whether it's like a cup, like a limited series on Peacock or a straight up movie for Peacock. You could do it. And I'm so on board with that. I think you should do it. This is unrelated to the idea because I know that Peacock and NBC do not own this property. But you guys need to hear me out on this, okay? Imagine Seth MacFarlane in the DC universe as Music Meister. And everywhere he goes, he starts turning all the heroes and making them sing and dance. I think that'd be really cool and I would love to see it happen. I know it's never going to happen, but that could be really fun. So just think about that. Seth MacFarlane as Music Meister. I don't know. I think it could be really cool. And the last thing I kind of have to say here, um, 
There was a while there at Fox where he was trying to get a reboot of the Flintstones made. Now, $200 million is a lot of money. Maybe part of that gave him the Flintstones property? Um, I don't know. I think the guy clearly loves the Flintstones, and that seems like a big inspiration for him too, right? So what if he did his Flintstones pitch... But he took it to NBC. Like, he signed the deal, and he's like, okay, I will come with you for a certain amount of money, but I would like to get the Flintstones from Fox, so that's what we could make. And then maybe, just maybe, could do something cool there. But I know it's probably not going to happen, considering Hanna-Barbera's doing Scoop, and they got Jellystone coming out. I doubt it's going to happen. But I would just love, love to see his interpretation of the Flintstones. Because you could, could you imagine a Flintstones that references modern stuff like a Family Guy does? Man, that would be so good. I would absolutely love to see what happens there. And I, th- I just think that could be a really fun thing that not a lot of people would expect from a Seth MacFarlane. So before we jump into my recommendations for you, I really just want to talk about this. I really respect Seth MacFarlane. I understand how in the Hollywood community, he might get a bad rep. His jokes might not be funny to everyone. The way he thinks might not be appealing to everyone. But I do think more than a lot of creators out there, the guy does what he is passionate about. And maybe he runs it into the ground, but you can just see the passion in a lot of his work. And you see the idea of why he made certain things. He loves his references. He loves show tunes. There's not a lot of guys out there that I think pay an homage to some of those classic things that he does in a way that is respectful and interesting. I respect the hell out of Seth MacFarlane. I would love to see whatever it is he does next, and I'm excited to see what it is. He's one of those guys too. And I don't say this about a lot of creators because I like just, I want to do my own thing and like work on my own, but he's a guy that I just love to work with whether it be acting or writing or singing or any of that, I would just love to work with the guy. I think it'd be really fun. And I like what he does. So let's take a bunch of the good Seth MacFarlane stuff and we will tell you your recommendations for this week. My first recommendation for you comes in the form of television. And we're, I'm just going to tell you, go watch the Family Guy episodes of Star Wars or the Star Wars episodes of Family Guy, I guess makes sense too. They are funny, they hold so much respect and homage to George Lucas's original vision, and they are incredibly funny. Like, they, they're just so fun and entertaining, and you see why Seth holds them in such regards. So go check those out. You can find them on Netflix, I think. If not, they have DVD copies. Secondly, go listen to his albums. <laughs> Like, there is some good banging stuff in there that I think a lot of people might enjoy. And if you don't, you could just see the craft and the respect he has for that kind of storytelling and for that kind of music. It really shows. And then finally, go read the Orville comic book. I'd still want to pick it up, so we'll have to see how that is. But it could be a fun thing we could all read together and enjoy. If you like the Orville, go check it out. So thank you guys so much for watching this episode of Geek Wave. Again, let me know what you think of any of Seth MacFarlane's properties, what you're excited for, what you're not excited for, and what you like. What do you just think about the guy overall? I'm excited to hear that. You could catch me on Patreon, Twitter, Instagram, all those great places. You can find my content there in spades, and you'll enjoy it, I hope. And if you don't, I'm sorry, but you made it pretty far into this video because I think it's my longest Geek Wave yet. We'll have to see when I edit. So thank you, everybody, for watching this episode. Stay safe, have fun, enjoy life. Go do some Seth MacFarlane shit.